Hi, I'm Patrick Sutton, Patrick Sutton Interiors, and you're listening to Convo by Design. I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. This is the time of year when many here in California are starting to think about getting back outside. Am I right? It was cold for a week or two. Uh, maybe a little longer. I don't know. We got a little rain to clean off the dust from the Santa Ana winds. And now it's time to start thinking about making some new outdoor memories. So for this, we're going back to West Edge Design Fair for a conversation called Your Canvas for Outdoor Memories and featuring uh, Patty Dominguez, VP of National Sales at Costantino, Annette Reeves, Lifestyle Advisor for Perch, and designer Cesar Giraldo. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know Cesar, and... This panel was moderated by Urban Bonfire president and co-founder Ryan Bloom. These four characters put on a conversation about creating outdoor memories through the strategic design of outdoor space. You're going to hear about collaboration, inspiration, design, and putting it all together for a space that, that truly is. Uh, if you think about it in an artistic sense... It is a canvas for creating your outdoor memories. So why not make it the most that you can? Enjoy this conversation by design. A note, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast everywhere you find your favorite shows. Check out our videos from conversations like this one uh, on our YouTube channel and engage via the socials. We're there and we want to connect with you. Can't wait to hear from you. And uh, if you're a designer with a story to tell, Email me directly. I want to hear about it. Convo by design at outlook.com. And by the way, how's, how's 2020 treating you so far? I know you're crushing it. And uh, I wanted to take this moment to, to share a special announcement with you. Um, now in our seventh year serving the design trade, Convo by Design is presented by a remarkable design partner, Walker Zanger. They're an extraordinary company. And like I said, they are an equally amazing design partner. Walker Zanger was built on the promise to inspire designers and architects to help them do their best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the very best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. This is a family-run business, family-owned business with over 65 years of global product discovery, sourcing, and manufacturing the finest products available. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program to make the specifying process simple with the support you need. They've also been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. They're a remarkable design partner. I'm so pleased that uh, to be working with them. Check out their newest collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan, a collection of cement and ceramic uh, tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. Check out any of their 14 showrooms across the country or shop online at walkerzanger.com. All right, check this out. Your canvas for outdoor memories. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'm Megan Riley. I'm the co-founder of West Edge Design Fair, and we're really excited this year to have partnered with Convo by Design for this programming lounge that's hosting all of our design panel discussions. And uh, it's been a good day so far, and we're excited about this conversation. I'm sure some of you have seen the beautiful urban bonfire exhibit space at the back of the hangar, um, and you will afterwards, of course, as well, we hope. It's, it's gorgeous. It's been a really nice collection collaboration with several brands, including Cosentino, Purcell Murray, and Heston. So without further ado, I would like to introduce this program, Your Canvas for Outdoor Memories, which is sponsored by Cosentino, who's the global leader in production and distribution of natural stone, quartz, and architectural surfaces, and we're thrilled to have them with us this year. Your Canvas for Outdoor Memories is moderated by Ryan Bloom, who's the founder, co-founder and president of Urban Bonfire. And as our panelists, we have Patty Dominguez, the VP of Sales, National Sales for Cosentino North America. She's also on the national board of the American Society of Interior Designers. 
We also have Annette Reeves, who is with Perch and a lifestyle advisor with Perch. And then we have Cesar Geraldo of Cesar Geraldo Design, an interior designer who's been involved with West Edge um, with various feature areas the past couple of years, a good friend. So without further ado, I'd like to turn it over to Ryan uh, to get the conversation started. Thank you. Ver Is it working? Thanks, everybody. How are you? It's good. Okay, we're going to talk about fun stuff and outdoors, so this can be a little bit more collaborative, and it's okay to emote if you want to. It's totally okay. Um, First of all, I, I want to tell you just from a personal place that a guy from Montreal, Canada, of all places, is here in Santa Monica talking with these experts and you about outdoor living is a pretty cool thing when you think about how we got here. Um, I've, it's really interesting. Growing up in Montreal, if you look outside today... Absolutely incredible. And I say to you with not the slightest ounce of exaggeration, if we get four or five days like this a year, it's considered a good year. It's absolutely true. And that is the norm for most other places where people in North America live. So it is an incredible canvas that this area has for these types of outdoor memories. I'm here in a very humble way to actually learn from my, my co-panelists, but I wanted to first talk about, and then I'm going to turn it over with some questions, the odd and historical disconnect between indoor and outdoor design, cooking, and entertainment. And I learned this when I started Urban Bonfire. I would go to somebody's home and walk into this incredible outdoor kitchen that obviously had remarkable design detail, design professionals, cabinetry specialists, lighting, hoods, ventilation, appliances, countertops, down to the minutest detail. And then I would walk four feet towards a patio door that's glass, slide it open, and I was in a completely different world with a rusted old barbecue off in the corner. It defied any form of logic to me because when you ask people where they typically celebrate the most, enjoy the most, want to be in a restaurant the most, outside for alfresco or terrace dining, why had that not carried through into residential? So I'd like to turn it over, I think, first to, uh, to Caesar, really, as, as, and even in his title, interior designer, but I imagine that he's got a lot of vantage point on outdoors. So I'd like to talk about first... Where did this historical disconnect come from? Why has it existed for such a long time? And what are some ideas on how to merge and bridge those two things? Thank you. Uh, first of all, very happy to be here. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Uh, Patti Dominguez, who is family, Cosentino. I love them. I literally injected myself with their DNA uh, so I can call myself a Cosentino member. And Ryan, uh, you can move to Colombia because uh, as a Canadian, I love the cold weather, you know, so we can switch. I'll make sure you get a good welcome in Colombia. Deal. Yes, deal, close. But um, yes, I have to say that um, to answer your question in the best um, of my ability, because I always tell a story, because it's through experience, um, I have to say that I lost my virginity now while barbecuing by the pool, you know, doing a house or doing a project. But um, this is an 18,000 uh, square feet home in Bel Air. And uh, the client was very specific. And it was a good project because he knew what he wanted, uh, uh, the husband. And um, yes, that disconnect that always exists, you know, between the indoor and outdoor. And he did not want that. He said, I want my indoor to translate so well into the outdoor that I don't want any of my guests to see the difference. I want my guests to feel that my living room is an extension and it becomes three times you know, as big. Not only with the interior decor, which are the you know, movable pieces, but also with the finishes, especially with Dectan. You know, Dectan being the material that it is. Dectan is a material that uh, has, you know, plus 60 colors, you know, right? Or 100, I, I believe, if you count them all. Um, but uh, Dectan, uh, the beauty of Dectan is that uh, you can do, you know, the countertops, you can do flooring, you can do walls, you can do... So that a monochromatic, you know, color that you can inject, you know, into the indoor as well as the outdoor 
can be very sexy, can be very elegant. Uh, it used to be that the outdoor, it was almost, it, it, it had to look like a pebble stones. It, it, it was very, you know, uh, Baroque and very, uh, not anymore, especially in my situation because I do modern uh, spaces, mostly is modern. So, in uh, in in also with the outdoor furniture as well. You know, the outdoor furniture used to be very heavy, very bulk. It used to be metal, and um, even with the appliances for outdoor, uh, men were the only one. You know, ones that were sort of like welcome because they were also sort of like heavy as well. Uh, not anymore. Now the sophistication is, is, is sometimes you cannot even tell if, it's, is, is, if it is an outdoor. When you see an outdoor kitchen, you question it. Is this an outdoor kitchen or this is an indoor? So the, the new, um, the new, uh, the, uh, the new, uh, 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 um, was it, uh, is that um, I like to, uh, especially with this project, we kept it very, um, uh, you know, just just very clean throughout, um, and very uh, cohesive. And so, uh, right now is one of the projects that I do celebrate the most because obviously the gadgets that come with it too, the outdoor television, um, all of those you know elements uh, make a space you know in today's in 2020, almost 2020, and very appealing, very uh, 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 enjoyable. And uh, the, the, uh, the, new indoor, the, the new indoor is the new, what is the word? The new outdoor is the new indoor? Or the new, um, now I got confused. The, uh, Hold that thought, because I want to I ask on that point. I wanna, right. It's an important point that you're making. Yes. From my experience, in almost 80% of cases where a client designer builder is looking to do an outdoor kitchen, if you ask the end user consumer, why did you get an outdoor kitchen or why is it on your plan? Inevitably, eight times out of 10, the answer is my designer told me to. So I want to bring this question to Annette because she's been dealing with consumers and designers and builders in both categories for a long time. So how has it been that there was a term interior designer and then what happens on the, how have you been able to merge those or what have you seen in these sort of historic, often non-intersecting paths? Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the first question super quick to go into this question. I believe that the historical disconnect, outdoor versus indoor, is oftentimes because Maybe the entire team hasn't been selected yet. Um, sometimes landscape designers are later. Hardscape is coming in terms of design after. And, um, and I believe that that is truly the disconnect. So when I start a meeting with a client, I try to at least start to mindfully bring the concept from indoor to outdoor by asking the same questions I would when they're choosing appliances. Um, what kind of cooking do you do? How big is your family? How do you use your outdoor in comparison to your indoor? Uh, do you cook outside when it's um, holidays? And so then we can sort of start bringing together the concept of how are you going to use that space uh, what do you need to truly have a enjoyable experience out there? And what does that mean in terms of overall space planning so that it's not an afterthought, um, which is typically what it is now? So what I see is we put so much focus on the indoor. We go through all that, and then everyone's out of money at the end, and, it's, and we're literally starting to ship appliances, and the client's usually calling me saying, can you throw a 36-inch barbecue on the truck for me? You know, I'm going to need something. And, and that's really, truly my passion, is to start breaking that uh, trend and, and talk about it. What, are you right-handed? Where would your refrigerator be? Do you want an ice maker outside? Does your husband like to smoke meat? Sorry. Um, <laughs> or both, but uh, a la la la. So, I mean, that's really, I think, the trend. If we could start talking about both at the same time, um, it would really sort of break that trend. And the indoor would become the outdoor mindfully, um, creatively, and at the end, beautifully. I think it's a great. So, 
I think it's a really good segue now, and I actually want to sort of tell you a very 30-second story, and then I want to hand this over to Patty. In, in May, Cosentino invited me to come to Spain and see how their materials are made, meet their team, and I had the incredible honor of having lunch with uh, Mr. Cosentino, and he, in the most incredibly humble way, was asking us questions about product, about marketing, what could they do better? It was remarkable. I, I can't imagine Steve Jobs saying, so uh, Ryan, how do we make the next iPhone better? It, it just defies logic. But, and he asked, and, and I told him from a very personal vantage point, I said, you know, when we learned about Decton, and this is not related to Decton only, this is a lot of other types of products, it was marketed that this is a building facade material, it's great for the outdoors, it can be used. And we said, well, great, we should start using these on our kitchens because, again, up in Quebec, we have to deal with heat, snow, ice, salt, rain, like it comes from all angles. And then when I, over time, I said, I don't see or I'd like to better understand what is Cosentino's philosophy on its branding towards outdoors, getting designers engaged and enthusiastic about doors with the same level of rah, rah, rah that they do on indoors. And I'd like Patty's thoughts on philosophically and from a branding perspective, how is Cosentino seeing this as a big opportunity? Hi, everyone. Um, so I think I'd like to kind of piggyback on our trip to Spain. Um, I won't talk about all the wine and um, gin tonics that we drank. But um, what I will tell you is Paco Cosentino, um, when you learn the story, we're, we're a small family business that's gotten big. But um, when Decton came to life, it was... Um, and it was a really amazing thing that happened about eight years ago because that's when the thought process began. Um, Apple actually came to us and asked us to develop a specific color for them. And with our product, Silestone. So we did, and we went and presented this color and guess what? They didn't like it. And they didn't like it because it wasn't exactly the grain um, of gray tones that they wanted. So they told us no, and Paco does not like no. So at that moment, he developed this idea, and we have the only plant today that can actually make an ultra-compact surface that is Decton in the world today. There, the competition has started to come out with other similar products, but the reality is, is that he's an entrepreneur and just always thinking ahead. And so two things happened. One, we developed a system that we could actually make that gray in a much simpler way. Um, to do it exactly like what they wanted, which is one of the amazing benefits of Decton. And the other part of it is um, that at that point, he was like, and how can we do something that you can actually use outdoors that it will withstand the heat, the UV resistance, and all of those things that unfortunately quartz does not and won't change the color. And that's how Decton came to life. And so... Um, as far as the durability of it and the ability for, for use, when we saw that you can bring it from the indoors and have it in your countertop and then outdoors in your countertop or your flooring, it just became this you know, great possibility for endless possibilities, really. So I want to touch on endless possibility because this, this is a big one. And Annette, I'm going to actually go to you with this and then I'd, like, I'd really like Caesar to, to add his, his thoughts on it. I think one of the reasons why we have seen this historic disconnect is in most cases, and this is North America-wide, even the most sophisticated, progressive, content-driven, experiential retailers in the luxury appliance or the luxury kitchen area have, even when you walk into their showroom, there's indoor and there's out, and it's completely different, aesthetically designed, amount of space, things like that. And I think if we want, as a design-driven population, to see this whole category rise, people need to be inspired with the realm of possible. So, 
Annette, I'd like to turn to you in, from a retailer or a specialty retailer's perspective. How have you seen this change where it's now becoming an area where people can be inspired? Uh, what are you hearing in terms of questions? How are we collectively as, as a community in design able to bridge this tremendous fragmentation that used to exist because when someone wanted something indoors it was easy. If someone wanted outdoors the typical route was you know, the landscape guy would say go pick your appliance from here and I'll build you something with the leftover stone. It was all sort of all over the place. What is the way to mitigate, reduce that fragmentation and inspire, really deeply inspire potential and future clients? I think um I think the first thing is truly understanding the client's needs and, and like I said previously, understand how they use the space and then building the story on top of that, which could be um, the pizza oven industry is going crazy right now and it can be built in, it can be countertop, it can be facade ready, it could be stainless. Um, the options are endless. And, and that transcends to um, kind of outdoor stir-fry cooking or, you know, sort of an Asian-style cooking. And so, you know, if, you, if we delve in, just like we do in indoor, if we delve into, if you could have anything outdoor, what would it be? And who would use it? It doesn't just have to be dad out there flipping burgers. It could be mom. Uh, steaming things or putting it on a flat surface on the barbecue and doing vegetables, which were so much healthier today. And the barbecue used to just be, you know, pieces of stainless that things fell through. But now we can truly put vegetables on a grill and get that amazing smoky flavor that we didn't have those options before. So I think really, just like a designer does on the indoor, if we can paint the picture of what the outdoor can be, and then show them that it doesn't have to just be brick and masonry, that it could be colors, which makes me so excited that colors have come to outdoor. Um, and it can be customized to your needs with recyclable trash cans and drawers that are completely enclosed inside and out, so we don't have to worry about critters climbing in, which has always been a concern. Um, as all those sort of things that weren't available before become available now within the discussion, it, it makes a completely different design um, that we can offer clients that they're probably spending just as much money today doing that concept than they did before with some brick and mason and paint and rebar. So, so I want to continue to Caesar with that point because it's a really important one. I personally believe that in the past, why we are just starting to see, or we have historically not seen, interior design specialists, uh, uh, trendsetters, uh, all these types of things, why they have not necessarily embraced the outdoors the way you're describing your this, this, what was it, you lost your virginity, that was your moment on this project? Correct. Very, very well said. Yes. I believe, and I'd like you to challenge me or correct me, that one of the reasons why we had apprehension to the design community embracing the outdoors is designers want to impart their, their look, their feel, their taste, their mark, their brand on what they do. It's art. So indoors, you have the greatest array of options in the world. But historically, in the past, it was like telling a designer, work outdoors, but you've got one arm tied behind your back. You can use brick or stone or stucco, but that's real. How... How is that? How do we get beyond that? And why do you think that happened for so long? Well, because we didn't have the resources to start with. That's, let's just start with that. Even your company, Urban Bonfire, is a very sexy company. The colors are, I mean, very. By the way, did he learn flamenco in Spain? Huh? <laughs> we need to know if you learn flamenco, Ryan, to start with. But um, no, I have to say that. It was quite limited. The materials were not available. You know, the surfaces like Decton. Okay, four years ago when I met Decton, you know, my life changed as a designer, you know. Uh, my, my professional life. My personal life changed when I met Rudy. 
Um, so, but um, I have to say, Ryan, that uh, Dectan, I did an exhibition of Dectan on La Cienega for the La Cienega Design Quarter. And it was very sculptural. And people kept asking all the uh, you know, developers that came to the event, the architects, the designer, what is this? What is this? And I kept saying, it's Dectan. And everybody kept thinking, OK, it's only for, uh, for, for, for outdoors. Well, not. Dectan is for indoors as well. So people, it also took some time for people to understand that Dectan, it was a surface that needed to be used also indoors. So that, that thought, that transition, I think Cosentino picked up really quick. And that is no longer the, the, the thinking right now. Now they think Dectan, indoors, outdoors. So when you think indoors, indoors, outdoors, what I do now, the surfaces that I use for my outdoor kitchen are quite close, if not the same, that I use in my indoor kitchen. So I don't want to see that difference. I'm not a very, as a designer, I don't like patches. I don't like, I, I like cohesiveness. I love monochromatism. You know, I like colors to be very, and, you know, that communicate well as much as I do with the furniture, you know, obviously with accessories and everything else that I do. So when I do indoors, I love the outdoors to be very, you know, the communication has to be very clear. And usually designers in the past, they needed to make that difference. And it's no longer the case. That's the past. I think that it segues actually now into the next big thing we wanted to talk about. And in order to segue into this, I'm going to, and I very rarely do, I'm going to talk about my mom. <laughs> so my mom, every Friday night when I was growing up, would cook dinner. Completely normal for her to roast the chicken in the oven at 450 degrees, work with it, the whole thing. Fantastic. Ask her to do the same thing, to light a barbecue and cook at exactly the same temperature outdoors. And there was this immediate fear that is not for me, it's not zone, it's the man's sort of territory. And I started to, and when I started Urban Bonfire, I started to really start to really ask the questions, why? And the number one reason Historically, anyone know why historically women have been sort of removed from the from the barbecue and the grill? A free, fear of lighting hair on fire. That old historic, that poof that used to happen on all the old things used to scare the crap out of women because of their hair. And now it's the lashes. Sorry. <laughs> Very possibly. So I then looked at it and got in even deeper into it. And let, let's just understand there are certain economic and fundamental facts that female-driven spending, whether it's on home, car, vacation, appliance, sporting equipment, about 84% of household buying decision is dominated by female. And historically, and we were just talking about this this morning, most of the major grill manufacturers of historic, historically I don't want to say have ignored women, but their marketing and branding has been very much male-driven. It's been this, I beat my chest, man make fire, caveman. There's almost like, I'm the, king of the, I'm the king of the castle because I work. And it's completely flawed in its thinking. One of North America's largest and most progressive grill companies in the world, actually, up until a few years ago, had a tagline that said on its boxes, on its brochures, on its marketing, mom-friendly, dad-ready. And I challenged that statement because I said, if that's the way you're marketing your products, first of all, from an economics perspective, you're not really targeting the people who are making the decision to buy your product. More importantly, it doesn't make any sense because the whole idea of cooking is supposed to be connective in terms of family and friends and things like that. So I want to shift this now into how do you see on the outdoors that we are, as designers, as specialty retailers, and as manufacturers of products, what is being done to more openly welcome women and style into this very historical category with a lot of parameters and boxes on it? And we can throw anybody who wants to grab this first, be my guest. Patty, Patty is the perfect one. Because <laughs> Patty does all the cooking. She, does, she does all the cooking. <laughs> of course. No, yes. I mean, I love the fact that we can do um, the marketing and change it to make it more women friendly, but um, I still would like for my husband to cook outside. <laughs> 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 or I can pay someone to do it. But um, actually, I love the, I do, in all seriousness, love the idea of having that. I, I agree with you because at my age, it's always been about kind of that fear or you deal with that. You know, that's your, that's his world. That's always been his world. And, um, but now I think the color, 
I mean, I personally love color, um, but I think the when you walk out into a beautiful space and you see, um, you know, a beautiful countertop or um, now the the grills. I mean, my gosh, Heston, you guys have done unbelievable with your color schemes of the. I don't know if you guys have seen it at Urban, but you should. It's un. It's. I just love the color palette, and I just think that as a woman, me personally, I love. I feel more like at home if I'm, you know, outside and I'm grilling with a beautiful countertop and some color and a nice grill that you actually open. It's not going to, you know, explode all over you. It's just more sexy. It's nicer. Yes. Um, but I still like the idea of, you know, I can be outside and having my cocktail while my husband's cooking for me. Right. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Annette, I think you're actually an outdoor cooking aficionado, if I understand correctly. You actually you adore cooking outdoors. So, tell us a little bit. First of all, your own personal experience. But how are you, or have you seen any change in the way women or families are making decisions for outdoors as you deal with them at a retail level or at a specialty level? Builders, what are your thoughts on on what you're seeing in in, in this? Um, I would say that, uh, yes, I love to cook outside. I just, I love being outside. And I mean, we live in California. So, (laughs) you know, if you have the ability, we have basically 340 days that are gorgeous. Why not? Um, I, there is a, I think there's a slight trend in change to, uh, women becoming more involved in the decision making at the appliance level, but still, I still see sort of the um, automatic passing the football to the husband and saying, "Well, I'm going to let him make the final decision." You know, I just want to be able to do chicken or whatever. Um, and and so, what I try to do is uh, two things when I'm talking to families about their appliance package. Um, to bring the woman in, the mom, whoever. Family and function. Because there's those two words uh, resonate huge with women. Uh, family, it doesn't matter whether you have kids at home or you have kids that are gone and come back. What you want to do when they're home is you want to all be together and you want to be having fun together and you want more than likely to have their friends come over and everybody be at home having an amazing time together. And um, the outdoors truly gives us that option where everyone can have a cocktail and can be cooking together. And if you think about some of the amazing products out there like the Evo that makes uh, cooking as a family amazing. I mean, you could all be doing stir fry together or burgers together on an Evo or, I mean, the consummate, amazing family uh, appliance is, again, the pizza oven. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than rolling out the dough and everybody making their own pizzas, whether it's a contest or it's just what you like. That is such a family or even just friend bonding activity. And so, as that, again, sort of that story evolves as we're starting to pick appliances, then I throw in the, the idea of function. Okay, great. I mean, I would love to see a pizza oven in your outdoor kitchen, but let's make sure that we allow enough space on the countertop so that you have all of your condiments, you have your dough ability to roll out all of those things so that we don't pack the outdoor into such a small area that we don't have the space to do that. So, I mean, I think if we can really sort of embody family and function, the trend will be to bring women into the decision-making mode and it become more of a group effort in that planning. That's great. I, love that. I have one more question or topic that I want Caesar to cover with and we, we, we have to leave enough time for a few questions. So, I want to talk about one of the greatest shifts in urbanization and design ever, which is happening right now. In 1950, 25% of the world's population lived in cities, 75% rural. 
by 2050, in just 100 years, that will have inverted itself. 75% of the world's population will be living in urban centers. We're seeing it happen everywhere. People, even at the baby boomer retirement age, are foregoing 5,000 square foot homes on a golf course in Arizona for a 1,500 square foot condo in a university town in Ann Arbor because they want to be near yoga classes and farmers markets and running clubs and this is exactly what we're seeing. So that is putting both an incredible challenge and an opportunity on the design community because Mr. and Mrs. Jones, who are used to living in 4,000 square feet and love to cook and garden and do all these types of things, they want the same level of experiences, but now they have to do it on a 15 by 20 foot terrace or deck. To the design community, what is the challenge and opportunity as you face, obviously 18,000 square feet is a unique opportunity, but as more and more people are living in smaller spaces, as, a, as an incredible designer, how do you marry small space with design and function and experience? Sure. Now, before I go into that question, I want to answer uh, something that, uh, that switch, uh, I think, the brands about how women can get more involved. If you look at Cosentino's uh, ads, you see Cindy Crawford on top of a counter, and she is the boss. So Wait till you see next year's edition, right here. Oh, perfect. I cannot wait, Ryan. I cannot wait. With called, Cindy? Called bald, bald, yes, with, bald on top. It's Cindy, with Cindy and Ryan on with top. With Cindy and Ryan. It's going to be hot. So I have to say that that is right there in those ads, and also the brands. I always look at the Italian brands in terms of colors, composition, because they're very sort of metrosexual, how they really advertise. And that is also bringing women to, to the picture, to the equation. Anyway, I just wanted to add that before we, I, I go into this question. But I have to tell you, I am an, I'm a huge advocate, even though I've done very big projects, I'm a huge advocate of this you know, multi-family building. I love to lock up and disappear. I think it's wonderful. It's a peace of mind. I have a client who has a huge house, and he keeps saying, you know what? We're thinking to just you know, downsize and just move into a, a beautiful condo. And listen, I mean, most of these projects are doing very beautiful communal areas where people can barbecue, they can play golf, they can play tennis, they can swim. Which, in a way, I think, you know, is going to increase, you know, uh, marriage proposals. Because, you know what, uh, dating in Los Angeles is very difficult. So I think that that also increases, you know, better dating, better, you know, uh, a, a better social life. If Miss Patty Dominguez comes from a long trip that she lives in an airplane, and then she comes home to her 2,500 square, you know, square foot uh, condo, uh, she gets to go down uh, to the communal area. The neighbors, you know, will ask her, Patty, would you like, you know, fish, steak, or, you know? Is, is that, is that, is that new living? Is that new style? Is happening a lot. And I like it. I think that Los Angeles, you know, uh, compared to the rest of the country, the houses here are massive. I mean, this one house going for $500 million and is 95,000 square feet. I mean, who the hell wants to live in a house like that? I mean, not even if I have the money, I will live in the house. So it is almost a lack of respect to nature. You know, that's why the fires that we're having are happening because we're not supposed to live where we're supposed to build houses. So. It's, it, honestly, I mean, really pay attention to, this is a bigger question, it's a bigger, you know, uh, 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 um, topic. So I love the fact that these communal multifamily buildings are happening. Now, if you're in West Hollywood, they do it with style. There's a lot of, you know, the Harlan is a very beautiful, you know, uh, multifamily building that is going up. The pantry is going to be super sexy. Um, the ADA 99 Beverly Boulevard is going to be amazing. So. That's also, I mean, some of those penthouses are 10,000 square feet. Is that it's changing. In LA, a lot of, everybody's moving to Los Angeles because everywhere is, is either freezing or, well, right now, I mean, the north is already, you know, super cold. Yeah. So we want you here, Ryan. I, I want, thank you, that's amazing. And, yes. and I know you work with a lot of multi-developers who are building beautiful but going vertical. What, what are your thoughts and what are you seeing, what are you seeing on, on this discussion well, I, point? I really want to, this is a perfect opportunity to highlight Urban Bonfire um, because it can be as spatial if you have the space for it, but 
um, based on the module sizes and what's available. I mean, we can take a very small space and pack a huge amount in with an urban bonfire uh, setup. Um, and the team up there is amazing. I mean, I typically don't figure it all out in the beginning, but how the conversation typically goes is this is what we're specking, 30-inch barbecue. We have limited space, so a 15-inch refrigerator. We need a sink, so we're doing an 11-inch sink. And when I provide all of those specs, and we want electrical, so if they want to put a blender outside or charge their phone, um, that's all included in there. And given those parameters, I mean, I will typically get back um, maybe one or two designs that works within that space. And then we fine-tune. We take we start here and go to here. But by the end, almost every time, we have been able to get in every single functional piece of appliance that we need using the Urban Bonfire product. And then you add in color. If it's somewhere um, that typically works with a homeowner's association and maybe some cool handles that make it seem a little bit unique and different. And it's truly fathomable to get an amazing outdoor kitchen in a small space. Thank you. I say one thing about... Uh, please. Um, so on the commercial, you know, we are in the world of the commercial business right now in Cosentino dealing with developers every day. And it's uh, fascinating that in three years ago, the conversation never revolved around outdoors. It was always you know, they're building up and it was their kitchen and it was their space and there was never a conversation. And I can say that in the last year, our um, architect and design team are constantly coming in with, and now we have a spec for outdoors and everything is, whether it's a big terrace or whether it's upstairs, the, the, the buildings that are now being built where halfway there's like a beautiful roof and then it kind of keeps going and that's where the area is where they're doing their barbecue or their outdoor space. Um, it's fantastic. And we've, because we've, it, with Decton, because you can also do flooring, it, we've done a lot of outdoor roof and spaces that way with where you actually can do the floor and then, of course, be part of the barbecue. So I want to close on that point for, for the design community and then we're really going to get a couple of questions. So interesting, as we've talked about the outdoors, when you think about it from an economic perspective... It's actually one of the least costly rooms in a home to activate. If you compare the square footage of an outdoor terrace or deck to the square footage of an indoor kitchen, and you look at what it costs per square foot to make that space a room, usually about 20 cents on the dollar. It's literally free space that you don't have to do a lot to, to turn into the greatest platform for memories and experiences with friends and family and things like that. So to the design community, it is an open canvas that is waiting for you, us, to activate. Clients want it. They're asking for it. They typically don't know where to go. So the historic divide of talk to somebody else about the outdoors should be eroded where we think more the way people today, to Caesar's point about that indoor-outdoor blend and with products that are made indoor-outdoor, think about cooking lifestyle entertainment as a big umbrella. This just happens to be an indoor and an outdoor pod. So my dream is that, you know, no one ever says, I'm going to go cook dinner in my indoor kitchen. But we've always used the term, I'm going to go to my outdoor kitchen. So my personal dream is that term of indoor-outdoor is eroded, and it's really just a flowing blend of design, functionality, and enjoyment for people who are going to use it. And outdoor spaces finally get that level of rah-rah-rah that, that they really need. So with that, I want to open it up to the floor. Questions, comments, disagreements, challenges. P Patty, and please, here we go. Yeah. Can we give a mic to the... All right. No. <laughs> to the gentleman right there, please. Thank you. Thank you. Compliments to everybody. Uh, I wanted to say, so I apologize, I arrived a little later, but the lady with the blonde hair, I loved what you said when you said about the lifestyle, about at home. One of the most uh, components about 
a happy marriage, a happy relationship, or whatever, is when both people are cooking and both people are, are doing something. And an outdoor kitchen actually introduces that. It's interesting that people talk about the, the grill is for the, for the male and the in, inside for the female. Often, though, you think about it, the female has set up the kitchen herself. She knows where everything is, and God forbid if you, steal, if you spill something in her kitchen or whatever. But, but, but I think that when you're, I saw luxury real estate, I think that it's like one of the things that when you're showing a home is showing in that about the happinesses, and, they, and I see a great respect for it. Ah, you can cook together. You know, et cetera. So I think what you're doing and you're, what you're introducing is magical to the family. And it's, it's big. It's healthy. And I also want to, on the very end part of it, um, in, for example, Los Angeles, most people are in a hurry. I mean, everything says instant satisfaction. Most people can cook outside quicker. So it's really, it really does actually satisfy lifestyle. So once again, I think that you hit it and, right on the head. And dramatically end. less mess and cleanup compared to cooking indoors. You keep indoors. him outside. You know? <laughs> Thank you very kindly, everybody. Thank you. Beautiful. Questions, comments? We're going to have cocktails very, very soon after this. So uh, if you want to talk to anybody here, please, more, uh, more privately or intimately, great. Yeah, but Alec, uh, says that she has a question there. Question? Oh, good. <laughs> I can't believe Cesar is running Hi. 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 My name is Raja. I am international business consultant. And I come from Italy for many years, consulting the companies. But sometimes I like the way how you said outdoor and indoor, you create this combination for open. But unfortunately, like you said, in Canada, Quebec, it's humid and the climate is different. When I was dealing with, for example, for Middle East, they like outdoor, but it's hot. And you do my question, if you do any research for materials, like using outdoor MDF, like for Middle East, they use a lot of, there is humidity and use a lot of water, like in Canada, it's cold and humid too, and other places. This one question. Second question, how to convey, um, sorry, more than convey, it's like to, to make happy the client. Like I was living many places around the world, but I like outdoor. But if I have just two months, <laughs> uh, I like to cook outside, outdoor, but I have just two months, like the summertime, and I cook, like we have just, like in Europe, we use a lot of barbecue. Sure. It becomes very difficult to make happy the client when he would love to have outdoor kitchen, and, but it's humid or maybe it's cold. I have just two months, the time. Sure. I'll answer one part of your question, and I'm actually going to ask uh, Annette or, or, or Patty or Cesar to answer the rest of it. But Quebec, you bring up as an example, beautiful place, four seasons, but literally it's winter six months out of the year. Has more pools per capita than any province in Canada or any state in the United States. Why? Because philosophically people believe that I only get three or four months of nice weather, but I can either complain about it for my entire life, or I can move. But if I'm gonna live here, I'm gonna live here. The same way as someone's gonna buy a sports car, or buy skis that they can't use in July, but they can only use it in the winter. It's tapping into the psychology, I believe, of if you're gonna live here, live here and enjoy it. And you can always make an excuse for why I can't, or why I shouldn't, or this, but the reality is people get a lot more usage and passion when they have a platform to do it. I was going to say, Minnesota, um, we did a study and has um, one of the greatest sales for outdoor um, kitchens, and so Minnesota is quite cold, but I think it goes back to exactly what Ryan just said. It's about quality, and um, I live in Houston, and it's humid and hot, so four or five months, it's all humidity, and no one wants to be outside. You can go grill and jump in the pool, but... Um, when you, I think it's like everything. If you're thinking about, with your question, talking about your clients, I think that li literally putting that stress of when you have that opportunity, embrace it. Um, I think that people sometimes take they take it for granted. I mean, most people in California 
obviously, you kind of take it for granted that it's another beautiful sunny day. And for us that don't live here, it's like, wow, you know, this is just gorgeous. Um, and maybe you're not inclined to go sit outside every single day in your outdoor kitchen because you have it. And so I think there's a good way, a good twist to that by having people that if they hit two months, three months, I might be even, they will be there every single day of the three months. Annette? I actually have a lot to say about this, but um, I'll keep it short. Um, First, I would say that our job as design professionals is to create the solution for the client. So whether it's hot and muggy or cold and snowy, there are so many amazing professionals out there to consult with that we can come up with solutions that will meet the needs of the people, whether it's two months, two weeks, or 12 months out of the year. You know, in terms of picking surfaces in a hot area that aren't going to be heat radiant, much lighter, picking products that are enclosed, like urban bonfires, so we don't have to worry about things crawling in or, or moisture control in something that might have an open back. But, you know, if you have an outdoor area, there's amazing... Uh, heaters, Gromic and Infratech that make incredible spaces that are warm now. So now they can go outside even though it's super cold and still enjoy their outdoor area. So there's so much in the industry at the tips of our fingers to make a successful space for clients. We just really have to think outside the box and open our eyes. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. Um, Priscilla Murray and Heston have very generously sponsored a cocktail party with food and drinks at the Urban Bonfire booth. It starts now. You're all invited. Please come. We'd love to meet you. Ask more questions to our team. Um, First of all, thank you so much for being here and investing your time. Love doing this. If you have any other questions, let us know we're here. Thank you very, very much, everybody. Thank you. That is a wrap on this episode of Combo by Design featuring... This remarkable group of creators, thank you for the time, Patty, Annette, Ryan, and Cesar. And thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, emailing, and coming out to our events. Without you, there is no combo by design. And thank you to Walker Zanger for uh, for making this possible. And uh, your partnership is greatly appreciated. Please follow the podcast on Instagram, Convo by Design with an X. And make sure you subscribe everywhere you find your favorite podcast. That way, you will receive new episodes on your mobile device the moment they're published. And if you want to try something cool, ask Alexa and Siri to uh, to jump in and just say, hey Siri, play Convo by Design. And she will. It's amazing. Until next week, keep creating. 